Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions. 303-690-3000. That's the number to call if you want to get on the air. 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand, and we have a dedicated text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. A shout out to everyone listening on Hope FM, uh, everyone listening on Truth FM, and various stations around the country. Welcome to our studios here at Grace FM. Grace FM is a radio network consisting of two stations that cover. The Denver metro area, really, all the way, if you get out a map from Cheyenne, Wyoming, all the way down to below Colorado Springs. And uh, we're privileged to provide Grace FM to you right here. It's a church-owned, church-run station. Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, um, is it's a ministry of our church. And we're grateful to provide it to you. Uh, the idea from Grace FM actually came from Pastor Chuck Smith. Pastor Chuck uh, started a radio station in Southern California that still exists today called K-Wave. And it's a station dedicated to worship and teaching, as is Grace FM. And what a need teaching stations are today with the proliferation of music stations Uh, because as great as worship music is, uh, only God's Word will change a life, and God has gifted pastors and teachers uh, to make the Word come alive. So give us a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Join us on the air. Uh, Join us with your questions. Uh, Had a great show yesterday. Uh, yesterday I did a lot of talking because we had a very serious service yesterday called A Night of Hope, uh, where Pastor uh, Greg Laurie and Kay Warren shor- shared on uh, suicide and suicide prevention uh, and what to do after the fact, unfortunately. And I think the, one of the most important uh, messages that was shared by Pastor Greg and Kay is that suicide is not the answer. And just for those listening in right now, I want to remind you that suicide is not the answer. It it is not going to bring about the end result that you're looking for, but rather will make things far more difficult and complicated for the dozens and dozens and dozens of people that love you. Um, And even though you might be in a dark place right now, you know, I'm sorry, uh, dark places are scary and dangerous and 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 hard. Um, however, a, a living faith in Jesus Christ is is sufficient and, and, and makes a difference and puts purpose into our lives. Even though 
you know, we, we misconstrue sometimes like purpose would take away the pain. Purpose doesn't always take away the pain. Um, it gives meaning to the reality of our life. And, you know, the, the one obvious thing that we see today is that everyone suffers. Uh, no one is immune to it. And I was just thinking in our last time together at, here at Calvary Church, I'm teaching verse by verse through the book of Hebrews. And we were teaching in Hebrews chapter 10. And there's this phrase that, uh, that jumped out at me, just really encouraging me personally. Uh, and it is, um, um, it says in verse 19, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest of, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way. A new and living way. That new and living way could be, uh, could be known as the new covenant. The finished work of Jesus Christ, the fullness of his completed work on the cross. That there is a new and living way to live your life. You, you no longer come to God on the basis of your works or your effort or your performance or how good you are or how good you've been. We now come to Jesus Christ not based on our performance, but based upon his performance, his finished work. His sacrifice, it's not only a new way, but it's a living way. And Kay Smith said something last night. Uh, she said that the human spirit longs to live. And that's true. It, it is not natural to not want to live. You're, you're in under great burden, under great duress. And so I want to encourage you, go to our, uh, go to our app, uh, we're still working on our website, so oh, we are so close to launching a new website. I'm very encouraged by that, but we'll get there eventually. Until then, go to our app. Everything's easier to find on our app. Just go to your app store, put in the word Calvary Ed Taylor, Calvary Ed Taylor. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look and see if it um, will just come up with the words Ed Taylor. Uh, we try to simplify our search because. Uh, it, people are having a hard time. Yeah, if you put in Ed Taylor, it'll, it's the first one that comes up. Uh, download it for free. And when you do, uh, under special messages, um, there's a message there called Night of Hope. And I uh, lo would love to encourage you. We were all encouraged last night. And then we had a time of prayer together. I know a lot of people were new last night to our church and and it's it's a little uncomfortable to sit down and pray together, but we're we're slamming that we're, we're shattering that thought. It is not uncomfortable to pray with one another, uh, or it doesn't have to be uncomfortable. Like heaven, uh, you know, God created us for community, and even if we don't know someone, we we don't need to make that the basis of everything in life. Uh, we know the Lord. And so as we come together in a prayer group, we're seeking God together, and there's something powerful in that, right? Because the early church, they grew together by um, steadfastly continuing in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayer. That's what they did. They came together. It doesn't mean they were friends with everyone, especially on that first day, 3,000 people got saved. You're not going to know 3,000 people. You're going to know the people in front of you. You're going to create community and relationship with the people in front of you, and you're going to be a servant to so many more. So you're going to have friends, but you're going to serve so many more. That's the heart of Jesus. So 
Lines are wide open today, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Something on your mind, some question you may have, uh, you want to pray, uh, do you want to talk about something, you want to wrestle, you got a contradiction in the Bible you think that you have found, or somebody been arguing with you about the things of the Lord, whatever it is on your heart, give me a call, 303-690-3000. And of course, if you're in a safe place, you can text me. 720-336-0897. Here's a text. Uh, we'll just use the text line while we're waiting for the phone lines. When Jesus was teaching the Ten Commandments, he doesn't mention anything at all about the Sabbath. Is that still something we should keep or be mindful of? That is a great question. Because there are people today that teach and emphasize that in order to be a good follower of God... They might even say to be a good Christian, you must keep all 600 plus of the commandments of God. And if they don't say 600, they might say 10. You must keep the 10 commandments and you are not worshiping God unless you keep the Sabbath. Which basically, quite let's be honest here, especially you Sabbath uh, enforcers out there. Let's just, let's, let's be honest, okay? You, when you emphasize the Sabbath, you just mean worshiping God on the Six uh, on the sixth day of the week, you you know basically go to church or go to ch- uh, worship service on this. You, you you're not enforcing the Sabbath of the Bible, uh, where you do no work, literally no work, um, on the Sabbath in order to be right with God. So when you make an observation that in the New Testament, all of the commands are repeated with the exception of the Sabbath, you make a great observation. Because in the New Covenant, the law is summed up in two things. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And no longer are we keeping uh, rules and regulations in order to be right with God, but rather we are abiding in Christ. And one of the things we learn from Jesus is that he... we. We no longer, as believers in the New Covenant, have a Sabbath day. We have a Sabbath God. That when we abide in Christ, we are literally keeping all of the commands because Jesus kept all of the commands. And we find that... I'm I'm looking up because this is such an important thing. Um... Let me let me elaborate on on your observation. The nine moral commands out of the ten are repeated for the New Testament believer. To worship the Lord only is mentioned fifty times in the New Testament. I, the uh, restriction of idolatry twelve times, profanity four times, honoring parents six times, murder six times, adultery twelve times, stealing eight times, or excuse me, four times. Uh, for uh, forbidding a false witness nine times or four times. Sorry about that. Covetousness nine times, but keeping the Sabbath isn't mentioned any time. And when the New Testament has lists of sin, Sabbath breaking is never one of them. Mark chapter 7, 13 sins are listed. Romans chapter 1, 20 sins are listed. Galatians chapter 5, 15 sins are listed. 2 Timothy 3, 18 sins are listed. Sabbath breaking isn't there. And so you made a very powerful um, observation, which is always good for 
uh, interpretation. And if you want more information on this, email me. I have a Bible study that I will send to you that I entitled, Must Christians Worship on the Sabbath? We ask and answer that question biblically, and as you could already tell, the answer is no. All right, let's go right to the phone lines. Patrick is calling in Aurora, Colorado. Patrick, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. What's up? Uh, yeah, I had a few questions. Welcome back, by the way. Um, Thanks. Last night's service was awesome. That was powerful. Um, it, it really was. Um, earlier in the week, I, I was listening to the, the call-in show, and I had heard somebody talk about a martyr's prayer. Okay. Uh, I didn't know if that was a real thing or not. But my, my question was, Is can you pray for somebody to take your place in heaven? My my okay. wife has had a horrible experience with religion in the past, um, and it's just completely turned her off. And I know that she's far more deserving to go to heaven than I, but she she doesn't acknowledge Christ as our Savior and King. And I thought, would I be able to pray for her to take my place? Yeah, it's going to be a discouraging answer for you, but the answer is no. I was afraid uh, of that. Everyone will need to answer to God for their own personal decisions, and there's no ability for us to give our salvation to someone else. Um, you you can't do that. It wouldn't it wouldn't be effective, and it wouldn't be answered by God. Yeah, and that it makes sense. You know, let's talk about that, though, because I think that your love for your wife and the pain that she's experienced at the hands of churches or religion, it, 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 can, be, it can be changed. Like, God can soften her heart, and she can, she can come back to a vibrant faith in Jesus Christ again, because, you know, as much as we—I I was, I always think about this, you know, people will leave a church because they got hurt— I've been here 20 years, so we've seen quite a few people leave with various reasons of, I got hurt, or I didn't like this, and and I always like to think, man, I've been in the same church for 20 years. If I left every time somebody hurt me, like I would have been gone 20 years ago. Um, and the and the reason I say that is is that being hurt by other people in a church is unfortunately normal, and because we're just yeah. not perfect, right? We're not in heaven yet. And, and then even some people go farther, man, they take advantage and, you know, they use religion to steal and to manipulate and, you know, God, God doesn't take that lightly, um, but it also doesn't, it also can't become a, an excuse for us not to live in an abiding relationship with Jesus. Yeah. I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not sure what to do. I've asked her um, if she'd like to come to Bible study and things like that, and she gets really angry um and it's just i'm scared that she's just hardened her heart to the point where there is no turning back and i pray for it daily but it's a it's terrifying thought um, it is you know i would say another thing you could do besides living out your life besides uh loving her besides being patient with her besides you know, maybe praying with her. She doesn't have to go to church to pray with you. She doesn't have to go to a church meeting to read the Bible. Like you can, you can bring the church to her. 
as much as she would allow you. Uh, but, you know, because you're a part of Calvary, just say, hey, you know, it would be really cool if you came and listened, if you came and talked to Ed. I know he would talk to you. And if she did come and talk to me, I wouldn't judge her. I wouldn't condemn her. I would just reason with her according to the word, encouraging her to 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 look past failures of man and because it, it's not just hurt. You know, I don't know your wife, but I do know this. It's not just hurt. Something mm-hmm. she's holding on to, she's not willing to let go. Yeah, she she mentions the divine uh, frequently. I don't know what that is, yeah. but... You know that it, it's she's trying to attain a a person that a person that resists Jesus Christ is the Bible says is suppressing the truth in unrighteousness, and that's just a fancy way of saying people are holding on to some sinful thought, behavior, action that they've nursed and that they like, and they're not willing. They know that if they made a decision to surrender their life to the Almighty God, that they would have to change. And they're not willing to change. They like their life the way it is. And so we just need to pray that God would bring her to a place where she doesn't like her life the way it is. <laughs> yeah. And that's, uh, it needs to be that that kind of like, I don't know, rock bottom, I guess, for lack of a better word, to get her yes. to, to see it, I think. Um, that that is absolutely true. Yeah, would you would you be willing to pray for her? I will. Yes, Father, I pray for this young lady, Lord. You know her. Um, you know the the condition of her heart and the, just the issues, the the concerns that she has, the hurt she's carrying. Uh, you you know her deeper than her own husband does, and we lift her up to you, God. We bring her before you that you would soften her heart and that you would bring her to a place of repentance. Your word says, um, it even asks us the question, don't we know that the goodness of God leads to repentance? And we do know that the goodness of God leads to repentance. And so I pray you'd reveal your goodness to this precious woman, not only through her husband, but through her friends and family, just bringing believers into her life, uh, bringing, um, you know, bringing up, bringing about, um, what it, what is necessary, you know, bringing about what is necessary for her to surrender her life in repentance in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your time. <clears throat> All right, bro. We won't give up, man. And, and that's always yeah. before. You can always tell her, hey, man, I think it would be good for you. Or if something, you know, in a Bible study um, affects you, you should say, hey, let's listen to this together. And... And you, you never know, the power of God's Word does dramatic things in the hearts of men. It truly does. It truly, truly does. I appreciate you very much. Thank you. Okay, bro. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Pastor, can you pray for my wife? She's currently pregnant in her first trimester, expecting our first baby. For God to help her as she's experiencing morning sickness and to give wisdom on how to raise your kid in a godly manner. You bet. I'd love to pray for you. Father, I pray for this family who is uh, in the very early stages of this wonderful pregnancy. I pray for the baby to continue to grow and develop. It's just amazing to think that there is a human being growing inside of another human being. I love 
the joy of seeing families grow and babies born. I pray for the morning sickness. It, uh, it is challenging, even though, God, I don't know it personally. I saw it in my own wife, and I see it in the precious ladies of our church. And I pray for wisdom for these new parents to raise their children in the ways of the Lord. And they would learn and grow in that realm, in that area, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Great prayer request. Let's go back to the phone lines. We're going to pick up in line two. Anne is calling in Aurora, Colorado. Anne, welcome to the program. Hi there, Pastor Ed. Hey. Hi. Hi. Can you, can you hear me? I can, yes. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I just would like some additional prayer for my niece, Samantha, okay. and her boyfriend, Daniel, who their sexuality has been so messed up. And I, I was my, my niece's um, youth group leader for six years. I was her, I'm her godmother. Um, she knows where I stand, um, but now she calls herself a non-binary. She okay. doesn't want to be a boy or a girl. She doesn't like the way she looks. I think she's been hurt. Her friend, boyfriend, who wants to be a woman, they're living with my sister, and it's just, I can't even go over there. It's so crazy, and Mm. I am so stressed out, and I don't know how to pray for her anymore. All I can do is love her, but she knows the Lord. I mean, she gave her heart to the Lord. She got baptized. I took her out to lunch a couple weeks ago, and she let me pray with her in Jesus' name. So oh, that's good. But I can't talk to her about God. And <laughs> she's just like, mm, don't, don't go there. And she wants me to call her a they or a them. Sure. And I'm just really like, I don't, maybe I'm the one who needs prayer. I don't know. I mean, God sure. is taking care of her, and, you know, I know he's pursuing her and doesn't want to give up on her. But it hurts me that she sees herself this way. It is very painful. You know, it's very popular now. It's not just uh, it's it's not just a sense of of confusion uh, over your sexuality. Now it's a pretty popular thing. You know, it's now it's the end thing to do, and yeah. and and so it's it becomes uh, more popular. And the more popular it is, you know, the more you're finding mm-hmm. people adopting this because they become a part of a group. But the reality is, is that deep down inside, she knows who she is. Um, and she also knows who loves her and who doesn't. Yeah. Um, I know that words like hate, you know, I, I read recently someone visited a church and, and the church said something about sin and the person walked out. Oh, I never heard such hate speech in my life. And, and <sighs> that's not, it's not hate speech at all. And no. we know that, but, no. but, but there's this sense of keeping people at arm's length, even with words and the mm-hmm. fact that you're in her life the fact that you're alongside of her, the fact that you yeah. are, you know, continuing to love and encourage and help her is, is very I meaningful. Her. I love her. And I told her yeah. that. I said, I love you know, just the way you are, Sammy. You, you can accommodate her to the point where, you know, it crosses the line, like to the point where it's unbiblical. Like I, if someone would ask me to refer to them as they or them, I can't comply with that request. Okay. So thank I would you. just choose to continue to use her name. I would I don't want to make a big deal about it and I'm not going to be all well I'm just going to call you she or he or you know I'm I'm going to I'll I'll call them by their name. I I'll honor 
I'll, like I can meet, I can honor their, 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 I can honor their humanity by, okay. I don't have to make an argument about everything. Does that make sense? Yes. So, yes. so if they, well, I only want you to refer to me. I prefer to refer to you by your name because you know, I don't agree with you. So can I just call you by your name? You're my goddaughter. Um, you're my godchild. You know, again, I, I can, okay. I'm willing to meet someone where they're at. That's what Jesus did. Jesus was willing to meet someone where they were at. Okay. Uh, but the great thing about Jesus was, is they, that, that he didn't tolerate sin. Like he didn't, he didn't overlook sin. He didn't cover up sin, but he also wasn't, he wasn't purposely offensive. Like he, he Correct. wasn't purposely yeah. picking yeah. a fight. And, and so yeah. if we can find those ways to honor the human behind the sin, it'll make things a little bit easier. Um, yeah. Not not necessarily super easy because it is challenging. This is a new <laughs> whole new ball game. Um, yeah, what we're I've experiencing even, today. Yeah, but we we did a we had a a brother at, at our church uh, not too long ago. If you go to our app, you can listen to the study. His name is Christopher Yuan Y U A N, and he and his parents did a phenomenal uh, presentation on this very topic. He he himself living as a raging. Uh, committed homosexual for many years um, uh-huh. and and his mom praying for him and his repentance he no longer lives in that lifestyle he no longer embraces that lifestyle and and he also wrote a book called um god i think it might be biblical or godly sexuality but his last name is y-u-a-n y-u-a-n okay that may be an encouraging study for you as he lays out yeah. a biblical understanding of this but also lays out a practical bridge to build with those that are confused and dealing with this area of their life and um and you know we just continue to love people and as things get more challenging yeah yes yeah i just didn't know how to talk to her anymore we had that good conversation we had a good time and but yeah she doesn't want to look like a woman or a looks more like a guy to me right now but she says she's not gay so but she has her well, boyfriend just, who wants to be a woman. So, yeah, it's very confusing. It's a very confusing time. Yes. Um, and w- I lived many years uh, apart from Christ, and I had my own my own confusing times. It wasn't in this area of life, but I was a drunkard and a drug addict and, and a very bad person, and my, I wasn't thinking straight either, and God changed my life. Okay. He was able to get through. Prayer for yep. So uh, let's yeah. pray for her because we're coming up on the end here. Okay, thank you. Father, we just pray for Samantha. We pray for many uh, men and women that are wrestling with this identity issue and and influenced by the popular culture and, and really confused perhaps or embracing a new philosophy that would cause them to go um, and do some unorthodox things. But I know that deep down under the mind is the soul of a person. That's and I know fine. that Samantha and many other people are just looking for rest. Jesus, you said that if we're weary and heavy laden, we could come to you and you would give us rest and that you would give Mm -hmm. us rest for your soul, for our souls. And so I just pray for Samantha that she would find the rest that she's looking for, not in her own little decisions like this, but rather through turning away from her confusion and submitting herself to you in Jesus name. In Jesus name. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Appreciate you. All right. God bless you. God bless you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, we're coming up on the end of the first half. I mean, it goes by so quickly. We have, um, you know, we have a couple open lines. So give us a call, 
303-690-3000. We had a caller call, didn't want to go on the air, but said uh, for uh, Patrick, um, uh, whose wife's backslidden, uh, and I quote, we as believers will get through it together. And also great suffering always produces great fruit. And so this person just wanted to encourage you, Patrick, that you steady on in your walk with the Lord. And we do get through it together, and we continue to pray for our spouses um, to have a vibrant relationship with Jesus. All right, we got a couple open lines. Grab them while you can, 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live with Ed Taylor. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to Calvary Live, the second half of today's broadcast. You know, it's good to be back. I was away on a missionary encouragement trip, and uh, what a fruitful decision to obey God in this uh, trip was for our missionaries. We support 30-plus missionaries around the world, many of them from our own church that we sent out. And um, our missions pastor, JJ, uh, he and I uh, took our first trip like this last year to Thailand, where we have three missionaries of ours serving in Bangkok. Uh, pastor Dave and Irina are pa- planting a church in uh, Calvary Chapel, Bangkok. And then we have a sister, Deneen, who's ministering in many different ways, single gal uh, ministering uh, to the uh, sex uh, trade there, the the uh, trafficking and ministering to the women there. There's some great ministries there. And also she's working with the government for foster care and immigration support in prison. Unbelievable. So we went last year. It was great. And, and then um, the Lord really ministered to us um, that we would go back and do this regularly, but just stay a couple days in each place. So this year we decided, uh, last year we started praying and decided to go to three different missionaries. And the the biblical basis for that trip was in Acts chapter 15 in verse 36. It says, then after some days, um, Paul said to Barnabas, let's now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we've preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. And we went to three places. We went to Italy. We have missionaries in Ferrara um, in Italy. And then we headed off to Ukraine where Byron and Pastor Byron and Emily pastor a church there in Zaporozhye. And then from Ukraine, we ended in Cork, Ireland, where we have missionaries Brandon and Ernie True who are who moved from here and are running the children's ministry for Calvary Chapel in Cork, Ireland. And it was a very fruitful trip. Uh, We did encourage them. Um, We did visit them. We saw how they were doing. We prayed with them. We hung out with them. We hugged. We talked about the things of the Lord. Uh, We broke bread together. Unbelievable. It was just phenomenal. And uh, But it is good to be back. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful that our church family here at Calvary... Uh, is not dependent upon one man. You know, a lot of churches 
uh, and even the leadership build up dependence upon one man. And that's unbiblical. We only have one pastor of our church, and his name is Jesus Christ. Every one of us is our under-shepherds, and we serve the master. We serve the pastor. Uh, and, you know, when a, when a pastor does get prominence, uh, where I do teach, I am the teaching, I, I guess, you know, all there's all kinds of new t- titles. I am the lead pastor. I am the senior pastor. I'm the teaching pastor. But, but there are, um, you know, there are so many other people that lead and teach and serve in our church. And, <clears throat> and so when I'm away, we have these wonderful guests come in and they just have a word from the Lord for us. And we're all reminded that God, it's God's word that changes us, not, not a man. Uh, and so I do miss it though. I do miss being in our church. I love our church, love our church family, and it's good to be back. And that means I'm back doing Calvary live. Um, but even then, those guys that are filling in for me, love them, appreciate them, and uh, know that God uses them. So we're going to go back to the phone lines. Greg is calling from Denver, Colorado. Greg, welcome to the program. Pastor Ed, good to hear your voice. Welcome back. I go it's to, to uh, Denver Calvary with Pastor Louie and the mm. gang there. I've met you a couple Great. times, and I just yes. wanted to say that you are such a blessing. It's more of a statement. <laughs> And thanks uh, than, a, than a question, but sure. thank you for all that you've done, Ed, over the past, I think you've been in Denver 20 years. And the thing that I'm most thankful for, um, by the way, I used to listen to K-Wave all the time when I lived in Southern California oh, yeah. and Pastor Chuck, but I am thankful for Calvary Chapel. And the reason I say, and, I, and look, if you're looking for a Christ-centered Bible-teaching church that teaches <clears throat> the true gospel of grace, and you live in Denver— please come check out Denver Calvary because Pastor Louis Cruzado is one of the best Bible teachers I've ever heard. And we have a lot of people that just love Jesus and love one another. And, um, and the thing that I love most, Ed, is that you always present the clear gospel of grace. And that can't be understated because if we love people, we want them to go to heaven and you got to catch the fish before you clean the fish. Right? So, A lot of people, I think, their perception of Christianity is they got to clean themselves up, they got to stop all their sins, and then they can become a Christian. And the true gospel is just believing in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, acknowledging that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. And if we're honest, everybody that's listening to this program knows that we all fall short. We've all lied, stolen, cheated, and that we need a Savior, and that Jesus Christ, the eternally existing Son of God, is the Savior. And so it's so easy for somebody to get saved when the gospel is presented clearly, and there's nothing more than the devil hates, Ed, than a distorted, twisted, bastardized version of the gospel that adds works to it, that adds conditions to it. And so I'm most thankful to Calvary Chapel for teaching the Word in context, rightly divided, um, and especially the Gospel, because I've seen numerous people, just the five years or six years, or maybe even closer to seven at Denver Calvary, that have have gotten saved. And that should be the most important thing, and I'm sorry to have rambled, but I'm just so grateful for you, and I just want to encourage you to keep running the race, because you're running a fabulous race 
Well, you know, I think uh, it wasn't too long ago that the Lord revealed to me, I was at a men's conference teaching in New Jersey, and and it just hit me that I have more years behind me than I have ahead of me, uh, which tells me that, you know, the finish line is up ahead, and it, and it only emboldened, I like the phrase you said, I mean, it only emboldened me more to finish this race well, and not to fall yeah. short of the finish line, but like Paul... Uh, find myself being able to say, I have finished my race. I have fought the good yeah. fight. And and I agree. If you guys are in the, you know, what, what would that be? I-25 uh, University or I-25? Um, is that is it off? Is it Broadway or is it? Uh, where, yeah, where's so Denver it's, Calvary? It's, it's, University? It's not, yeah, Calvary, Calvary Chapel. And people can go online. Um, and of course, Calvary Aurora, excellent church as well. But well, I mean, Louis is a good people... friend of mine, so I would say if you're in that area, yeah, like there, that is the it's Calvary we recommend and right there. Colorado, that's yeah, right. It, you know, it, that's, it, uh... it's actually it's 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 um, Claremont and Sixth, I believe, is the cross street. So it's like two blocks off of Colorado, and it is fantastic. <clears throat> and you can go to you can go to. Let me make sure. Let me see if it's on um, on our website. I know it's on our website, but let me just check Grace FM real quick. Uh, we maintain a list of uh, recommended churches in our area, and um, so basically, go to our church, go to our website, CalvaryAurora.org. If you're looking for a Calvary Chapel in your city, in your area, those are recommended, trusted churches. If a church isn't on there, that means we don't trust them and recommend them. And so, you can find a Calvary close to you on that list. All right, man. God bless you, Greg. That's awesome. God bless you, Ed. Take care. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. You know, it's, um, it's a heavy thing, you know, to recommend a church. So um, the, the churches I recommend um, and is, are because I have a relationship with the pastor, and the pastor is going to take care of the flock. The pastor is going to not jack you, take advantage of you, lie to you, teach you some weird doctrine that they made up. Um, even, you know, pastor won't be cult-like. Uh, so we maintain that list as a list of, and it's not an exhaustive list, but it is what we've maintained. Go to calvaryaurora.org. There's a recommended church list. Line three is Allison calling from Aurora, Colorado. Allison, welcome to the program. Hi. Um, yeah, I was just calling because there are some protesters around my neighborhood and they're coming they're probably coming door to door just okay. saying something so yeah i just want to pray for his protection because we don't know what they're going to do what they're going to say so are you uh, are you in danger do we need to call the police no 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 okay. all right so it's just people that are causing trouble yeah okay well let's pray <clears throat> Father, we pray for Allison and her neighborhood, Lord, with these folks going door-to-door or house-to-house. We pray for protection and that you would just shut this nonsense down and that you would send these people home to their own home uh, to leave uh, this community alone. And whatever it is that's on their mind, it could be a very good cause. You know, it could be something that needs to be heard. I pray that they would do it in a way that would be heard and wouldn't scare people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 
you know, you, you when you hear uh, calls like that, you're just like, man, there's just so much weird stuff going on. And, you know, people that are trying to get across some message or something, but they're just scaring people. And uh, it's just wrong. You know, we need to... Uh, so much, so much. 303-690-3000 is the number. Let's see who's next. Get back to my call screen. Helen's calling on line two from Denver, Colorado. Helen, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. I called in last Thursday. Yes. Some sad news. Doctors said my mom would not be living anymore at 92. The operation would have taken her life. But calling your station and the church I attend in Denver and everyone I know was just lifting her up. She's going home today. Oh, wow. They sent her home, and she'll be on oxygen for a while, but my my mama, 92 years old, Mm. she made it through. That's fantastic. Well, we rejoice with you. That's great news. And I did... You did, you did, well, I can't even talk right now. I'm sorry. You did ask <laughs> right. to call and keep you updated, and I'm keeping you updated with great news. And I just thank you all for praying for her. Well, thank you. Let's, uh, let's go to God in prayer and be thankful. Yes. Yes. God, thank you for Helen calling today to give us the news of her mom and uh, what a scare this was. And uh, just knowing in her age, uh, there may be a few more scares. And we just know that. Her life is in your hands, and the timing of her life is in your hands, and on this occasion, we are happy, and we rejoice that she's coming home, and she is home and discharged, and we honor you and thank you for this answer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Helen. Bye-bye. God bless you all. Bye. Let's move right over to Scott calling from Aurora, Colorado. (laughs) Scott, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hey, what's up? So my question is on the Luke 16, the shrewd manager. And yes. um, it's kind of confusing of why he praises or finds favor, blesses, or thinks that guy is pretty smart because um, he turns around and starts to sell his stuff for cheaper to get, um, gain favor with people so that when he gets fired, maybe they'll take care of him. Yes. So let's, uh, let's go to Luke chapter 6. Uh, as he's at the end there, it says in verse 8, Jesus is teaching, and Jesus says in the story, So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dwelt, or excuse me, dealt shrewdly. And then the, com- the, the, the conclusion from Jesus is, uh, For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And, and so the, this is a common question. Why, what is it exactly that's being commended here? Is it his dishonesty? Is the dishonesty of this person being commended? What do you think, yes or no? Uh, no. No, it's his shrewdness. That's, that's his shrewdness. And, and really, here's what's happening. This is a teaching. This is kind of a parabolic teaching of Jesus that is wanting to get people's attention. And some people like to call this a hook. He's using a hook in the story that would be shocking to the audience to get their attention because this was something that was familiar to them. People were reaching people in the world, just like today, are ripping each other off. And the story is so familiar 
that we can understand it today. Um, that man, if if I hear I'm getting fired, then I'm going to be really shrewd to prepare to to prepare for my future. And so, what's being commended is is this man thought of his future. Uh, it's not what's not being commended is that he lied and steal and stole and was deceptive. The the shrewdness was he thought of the future and prepared for the future. And then the conclusion that Jesus made was, hey, look. The sons of the world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And so I say to you, make for yourselves by, uh, make for yourselves friends by unrighteous mammon, so that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. And basically, Jesus is saying, use the resources that you have to make friends, to connect with people, and be faithful with what you have, and look to the future. Because even the, the unbelievers are watching out for their future, why aren't you watching out for your future? And that's basically the essence of this. Because then he goes on to say, be faithful, um, be faithful with unrighteous mammon. And this is a teaching about handling money. Because, you know, one thing that Christians do have a problem with is money. They don't understand how money works. They don't understand the principles around uh, interest, borrowing, going into debt. They don't understand the principles of giving, tithing, and so this teaching is all about money, shrewdness, looking to the future, and he used this this uh, unbeliever because that's what unbelievers do. They many of them they steal and take advantage. And he says, "Look, even the world knows how to use money. You guys need to learn how to use your resources in this present time to prepare for the future." Yeah, yeah, that clears it up. Thanks. Great. That's a great question. It's very common. Thanks for asking. Okay. Thank you. See you, man. All right. Wide open lines, 303-690-3000. I just want one more thing to say about this text. Jesus ends this um, teaching in Luke 16 with this. No servant can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God in money. And that really is, you've got to learn how to use money. Here at Calvary, we use a system called Financial Peace. As a matter of fact, we're just starting a a modified class with uh, Carl just starting where we teach you how to use money. You know, the greatest thing that you can do is to use your money with God first. It's funny because um, um, sometimes we'll get a question like, well, when I give to God, should should I tithe on the net of my paycheck or on the gross of my paycheck? And I, I think that many times that question is asked sincerely, but if we step back and think about it for a minute, look, not even the government will let you ask that question. They take your money off the top, right? They, they take it out. You, you get withholding. You get, I remember the first time my kids got paid, they got a paycheck and they saw, this is what they made and this is what they took home. And they're like, what? This is insanity. But... The reality is, is the government takes it off the top. Why in the world would you not give to God off the top? And, you know, learning how to tithe, learning how to be generous, learning how to use money for the sake of the gospel, uh, learning the tithe and offering, learning how to get out of debt, learning how to live for needs, not wants, uh, learning how to, how to uh, get rid of those credit cards that are keeping you bound, um, learning how to save, uh, 
there's a lot of different tools. Uh, so we use, uh, I know there's a lot of systems out there, but we use Financial Peace University, and it's been very effective, um, very good. And I'd encourage you, if your church does that, sign up for it. We're just starting a class, so you don't, you're not required that you come to Calvary to be in the class if you want to call the church. Go to our website, org, and uh, check it out. Mandy in uh, Aurora, Colorado is on the line. Mandy, welcome to the program. Thank you. Hey, what's up? I just was calling for a prayer request. I had called in a month or so ago. My husband uh, spent two weeks in the hospital, and we've just got some continued ongoing health struggles um, that are going to be probably over the next six months or so. And I just really have been struggling a lot with um, not fighting against and trying to take care of everything and get everything figured out on my own and just remembering to trust him and put my faith in him and that his plan will lead us through this. Okay. Well, Father, I pray for Mandy as she goes into this new season in her marriage. Uh, very challenging, uh, very hard, um, very difficult. And I pray you would give her wisdom and strength and help and that you would help her to navigate through some of the difficult paperwork and financial things, let alone ministering to her husband. I also am reminded of Chiza uh, in our own fellowship and uh, Steve as they are in a very deep battle because of his medical condition and the difficulty on that and it's just not something we thought would happen. It's not something that we um, ever anticipated. But at the same time, God, you have brought Mandy, you have brought Chiza to a place like this. And so I pray that you would give them daily strength and fill them with a sense of purpose and love and peace. Just thinking your word says um, that as we are anxious for nothing, um, but we come to you by prayer and supplication, that... You, your answer is peace. And so I just ask God that you would give peace uh, to my sister and, and to my sisters. I remember Chisa today, Lord, too, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I know it's hard. It's overwhelming. And, you know, I, I think that sometimes we, we're just overwhelmed by all of it. And, and yet God was just going to bring all we can deal with, with is what's in front of us. Yeah. And... And if God can just give that that narrow focus to what's in front of you, um, one thing at a time, I know that his strength and his grace will meet you there. Thank you. Thank okay, you. Okay, sister, stay in touch. We'll keep praying, okay? Thank you. All right, All right. bye. Bye-bye. And I just pray, I just would include anyone else that's listening that's in a similar situation, um, male or female, you know, uh, taking care of your a- ailing parents, I know that uh, even though my parents lived a thousand miles away when they were getting older and sick, it was harder for me. I I found myself having to fly back quite a bit uh, to take care of my parents' affairs. Um, I remember one time I I had to fly back just to help my dad get out of the hospital because my mom couldn't do it. I mean, it was was challenging, and and they didn't want to move out here, and and we couldn't move back. Like, God had called us here, and we were— trying to get them to move here. And, you know, you just got all these challenging things. I'd only share a little bit of that just because, you know, we all face these challenges. And, and But we rearrange our lives for the ones we love. Uh, we rearrange our lives for the ones we love. 
We don't choose comfort and ease. We don't choose um, to uh, neglect life for our own comfort, but rather these are the days where we rise up with a servant's heart and we step into the life that God has ordained for us. And I'm just sorry that some of your lives are harder than others. Um, you know, aren't we all carrying baggage and pain? And, you know, um, you know, we, it's, it, I, I, to some degree, I can understand. I mean, I'm not going through what man, you're going through, Mandy, um, but I've got my own baggage that make life a little bit harder at times. So the Lord's faithful, right? The Lord is faithful. He's able to get us through day by day moment by moment as we choose to abide in him and surrender to him. All right, uh, Jordan's calling from Greeley, Colorado. Jordan, welcome to the program. Hi, how's it going? It's going great. What's up? So my question is about Judas. Um, God ultimately knew that he was coming down to sacrifice himself uh, for all of our sins, and he knew that Judas was going to be in the route to do that. So was he forgiven before he killed himself, or was he condemned for doing it? Well, there's no indication whatsoever that after, you know, because we get the condition of Judas's heart later, closer to his betrayal, where it says that the devil entered him. Remember that phrase? Mm -hmm. uh, that that he, was, he was not a part of the covenant life of following God, but rather he was an imposter and a liar. And we know that he was vulnerable to being indwelt by the devil, which is an indication that he was not a God follower. Uh, and so when we see that, we know that a person that's not a God follower, a person that's not uh, in relationship with God, the requirement for his forgiveness is repentance. And we never read anywhere of the account of Judas of him repenting for his sin. And so, therefore, he is condemned based upon his rejection of Jesus, not based upon the overall scheme of God. He's responsible for his own rejection of Jesus Christ and his lack of repentance. Okay, that makes sense. Because I know, I think, essentially, he ends up like taking his own life, so I didn't know if that was like his sign of remorse, and he just... It was his sign of remorse. I think you make a good observation. It was a sign of probably great guilt, great remorse, but not repentance. Um, I would encourage you to read in, um, in Corinthians. I want to get it real quick here before we run out of time. Um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, there is a teaching on the difference between worldly sorrow and and godly sorrow. And what you saw in Judas was worldly sorrow. And then we have another person that failed Jesus toward the end of his life. Remember his name? I do not. Peter. Peter rejected him three times. He didn't betray him, but he rejected him. And what we see in Peter, in his life, he returned, he repented, he had godly sorrow. Judas had worldly sorrow. One took his own life, the other dedicated his life to following Jesus. That's a fascinating study. And I think when you read Second Corinthians 7, you'll see the difference. Perfect. I'll get on to that then. All right, man. Call me back and let me know what you think. Will do. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. All right. We are uh, just about up at the end of the show. Joe, we'll just take Joe real quick. I'll give you 30 seconds, Joe. Uh, Fort Collins. Colorado, you're on the air. You got 30 seconds. 
Hey, thanks, Pastor Ed. So I was calling about Genesis 3.15. It says, I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. I'm wondering, so he's talking to the serpent. Who is the serpent's offspring? Anyone that doesn't follow Jesus Christ. The devil, the demonic realm, and anyone that rejects Jesus Christ. And so that's why we always feel that, like, pressure um, and that, uh, like, ugliness between when the gospel comes up, when Jesus comes up, there's just, uh, you know, commonly just a yuckiness, right? Yeah, it's what, what the Bible would refer to as spiritual warfare. Okay, very yep. good, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks. Bye-bye. Have a good night. All right, we're up at the end of the show. Thanks for joining me. We'll be back in worship this weekend. Calvary Church, we're on Hampton, just east of Tower Road. And I'd invite you to come out Saturday night at 6, Sunday morning, 845, 1045. We've got Passion Worship coming out to Calvary Church in October. you got to get tickets for this. It's our annual Refresh Ministry Conference. Go to calvaryaurora.org slash refresh. Come on out. Passion Worship, Atlanta. You're familiar with the music. You're familiar with their songs. And they'll be here. We're going to be gathering together. Ministry can be so hard, so heavy. And we're gathering together to be refreshed in the Lord, to be encouraged. We'll have some Bible study. We'll have some giveaways. We'll have some fun. We only have a few spaces left for the free giveaway. You've got to register. CalvaryAurora.org slash refresh. And many of you will see you for the first time this weekend. Come on out to Calvary Church here in Aurora. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.